right, everybody. It's Rich Big Daddy Salgado with another story and a few laughs and uh, some catching up here on Big Daddy and Friends. And it's my honor and privilege to uh, have a very close friend of mine and a guy I admire both on the field and off the field. And uh, Long Island's own Brian Baldinger. What's up, Baldy? Big Daddy, it's good to be with you, man. Yeah, like Massapequa is being joined by New Hyde Park. Yeah. <laughs> South Shore and North Shore getting together here. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny because I, I tell the story of the guest that comes on, and, you know, I know it very well, And uh, but I'm going to share you with the rest of the world, you know. Okay. So it's uh, – and what a lot of people probably don't even know, and, uh, and of course, my family knows, I know, is that not only you, but two other brothers have been in the NFL. Yeah. You know, what is what – is, that says so much about you guys as a family. Well, we were the first. We were the first. I mean, the Watt families now has done it and the Fullers, yeah. but we were the first family. My brother Richard, who's a year younger than me, um, we came in the same year together, 1982. And then my youngest brother, Gary, uh, he came in 1987. So uh, we, we came in the league and we were all playing, you know, all three of us from 87 all the way to, to 93 for six years. We all played together, different teams. Um, my brother, uh, Richard, played with the Giants and then he went to Kansas City for a long time. And he finished uh, with the New England Patriots. And then my brother Gary played uh, – he played for most of his career in Buffalo, went to a couple of Super Bowls with the Bills. So it was a real source of pride, Big Dad. My father played football at the Naval Academy. And, you know, he never – I mean, you know, he wanted us to play sports, but he never pushed it on us. We just kind of fell into it. I I was always like the, the all-around, you know, jock. I played every sport. And, you know, I mean, it didn't matter what it was, tennis, track, baseball, football, basketball. I played them all. And, uh, you know, my brothers were younger than me. They kind of followed me. They played all of them, too. And then we kind of just, you know, we, we all fell in love with football. You know, that was we all developed late. I went to Duke. My two brothers went to Wake Forest. We kind of developed once we got to college. And, uh, you know, once we got into training camp, they were going to have to kick us out. We weren't leaving. We we're going to fight somebody every day in order to stay in there. You know, and, and that's like kind of my family story because – I was the oldest of three boys, yep. and uh, we moved from Queens where there was no football. Right. All of a sudden, New Hyde Park, which was everyone slept and ate football, and it was yeah. like I remember being a water boy as a seventh grader just to be a part of it and watch all these guys, uh, you know, win games. And, and the one thing that always stuck with me was uh, on my block and uh, – we had, you know, you had two families with uh, three boys in each family, and both families sent guys to play college football. Mm-hmm. And watching my, uh, I don't know if you remember the Garrett family. Yeah. They had their, their oldest brother, Mike. He was recruited by everybody. And I remember sitting in high school, and I, I think at the time I was probably in eighth or ninth grade, and Joe Paterno walks in with Greg Buttle. And I still bust bottles chops to this day because he came in wearing a fur coat and sunglasses. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> the anti-Joe Paterno. Yeah. And Joe had him on all the time. But, and I'm like, man, I go, I hope that could be me one day where someone's coming, you know, to knock on my door and come get me. And, uh, 
both my brothers, you know, they played football at Hofstra. I went to Maryland. And, uh, and then the Garretts, one went to Penn State, which was Mike. John was the starting center on the Sugar Bowl team with Donnie McPherson. And, uh, and the other brother went to UConn. So mm. football was like in our, in, in, in our face, whether we yeah. wanted it or not. And, uh, you know, my senior year, we won the Rutgers Cup. So we had a, so it was a lot of success, a lot of fun. And it led to so many things and built up to so many things, you know, relationships, everything. You know? mm-hmm. so, yeah, well, I mean, that's how it was back then. I, mean, I, I I was probably a better basketball player than football player coming out of high school. We won the, the Nassau County Championships at Massapequa my senior year. Mm-hmm. We lost the Long Island Championships to North Babylon, but we were we were running. We, we played right at the Nassau Coliseum. You know, so we were good. We were really good. I was kind of recruited by smaller schools, but you know, my dad went to Naval Academy. He wanted me to go to the Naval Academy. I went down to Rich and. You know, I, I gave it three days, you know. I gave it <laughs> Oh, it just, really? Is that all? Oh, I didn't even know how long you were there. Yeah, well, it, well, you know, I, it, it just wasn't for me. It just wasn't. I mean, I disappointed my father. So I went to Nassau. I went to Nassau, and, you know, I always joke. I'm in the Nassau Community College Hall of Fame, and uh, I always joke uh, with, with guys that went there or coached there or whatever. I said, you know, nobody ever goes to Nassau. They just end up there. <laughs> and it, it was like a million guys just like me. They went someplace else, didn't work out. They came back to Nassau. But we loved it. I mean, we, we played we played a good schedule. We played in North Carolina, Virginia. We played all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, those were some legendary bus rides to play these games. We played like a bunch. We beat, we beat Penn State JV one year right over there in, in, at Candiog Park in Hicksville. And so, uh, wow. you know, and, and I got a chance to play basketball at Nassau. And really, that was kind of that, – that was a big deal for me. I remember we, we had this guy on our team. He was a, a second-year player named Kurt Sohn. He ended up playing with the Jets. Yeah, wide receiver, yeah. Yeah, he played with the Jets for eight years, but he went to Fordham after Nassau. And one day, you know, I didn't have a car. One day he drove me home after practice. And we were just talking, and I, I had, like, a lot of respect for the guy, the way he played and practiced and just his approach, you know. He had a professional approach to the game. And he told me something that just stuck with me. You know, like things just stick with you, right, Daddy? Yeah. So he said, you know, Baldy, like I always felt like if you played college foot, you know, played high school football, you might as well try to play college football. If you play college football, you might as well try to play pro football. And nobody ever just put it so simplistically to me. Yeah. And I, right there, my whole mindset changed. I said, I'm going to play big-time Division One college football. And I did. I went to Duke. And when I was at Duke, you know, we weren't really very good. We were a basketball school and all that stuff. But I always remember that. I'm like, man, if you play college football, might as well try to play pro football. Yeah. And that's exactly what was my mindset the whole time. I'll tell you a story about Kurt Sohn. I met Kurt when I was in 11th grade. And uh, my guidance counselor at the time was Joanne Pasquale, Larry's wife. Okay. So Larry had taken me to some uh, appearance that Kurt was doing. And Kurt got paid $500 for being there. Right. Kurt gave me the money. He did not take it. He goes, I can't take this. And I was like, you know, I, I couldn't either because I'm like, I'm just here as, you know, Larry. And, and, and Larry was like, hey, if that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do, you know. And ever since that, and, and you know what, that was really like such a, uh, 
I guess, eye opener. And, and, you know, not most guys would do that, but no. he did that. And I was like, so taken back. And I'm like, wow, I'm a millionaire now because $500 <laughs> in 11th grade is like a million dollars, you know? So, uh, I always had a lot of respect for him. He was a classy guy. Wasn't the biggest guy, nope. but I'll tell you, he had the heart of a lion. That I know. Yeah. And uh, and he's played special teams, and he was – Long returner, special teams. Yeah. You yeah. want him on your football team. You know that? You're just a dependable guy. Yeah, he's definitely a guy that you uh, you want out there. So uh, so then, you know, I you, you leave college and you go to the pros. And you uh, – you know, the one thing, what is it, 12 years, 13 years? You 12 years. Yeah. yeah 12. But, uh, you know, as we all joke around, NFL stands for not for long. And, you know, for you to do it at that level for those many years, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. You know, I, there, there was a guy, you probably remember, uh, played for the played for the Giants, Gary Jeter. He was a defensive yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember my brother was playing with the Giants. And, uh, you know, I go to, like, I think we played – I think it was one of those schedules where we might, like during the holiday season or the Cowboys, we played like on a Saturday. Yeah. And the Giants played like on a Sunday. So I went to the Giants game to watch my brother play. So I, you know, I meet my brother after the game and I see Gary Jeter, you know. So I go up there, I said hello to him and I played against him, you know. So I go, man, I go, how long have you been playing now? Something like that to Gary. He goes, he goes, Baldy, let me tell you, I always believed this. Play as long as you can, and then two more years. And that's that's kind of how I took my – that was my approach. Like I played – I played 10 in Dallas and Indianapolis. And then, you know, I had a chance to go to Buffalo, and they cut me. And I thought, okay, maybe it's the 10 years, you know. And then I said, well, I got to play two more years. And Philadelphia called, and I got two more years yeah. with the Eagles, which turned out to be two great years. And I'm staying – I loved it so much, I, I stayed in Philadelphia. But, I mean, I was – I tell you, Daddy, when I came out of Duke, you know, I, I wanted to play. Um, my brother got drafted in the 10th round by the Giants. I was so disappointed that my younger brother got drafted and I didn't. But the Cowboys, they they would sign so many free agents back in the 80s and 70s mm. that they didn't have enough personnel people to go sign the free agents. So they'd send anybody out in the organization. They'd send secretaries. They'd send – the trainers out, anybody to go ink a contract, right? So I get this knock on my door. I'm at Duke. I'm getting ready for a, a final. And there's this guy, Buck Buchanan, who I thought was like Buck Buchanan, you know. I mean, he's this silver-haired right? old guy that's knocking on my door. He's from the Cowboys. I'm like, you're Buck Buchanan? He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm the equipment manager for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so they, they sent the equipment manager to sign me. So I go, wow, they really must really think highly of me. They sent the equipment manager. He turned out to be a great guy. Got it. And so I, I go, listen, Buck, I go, you can stay here. You can do whatever you have to do. But I have to go take an exam. It's a three-hour exam. I mean, I'd be happy to talk with you afterwards. But he goes, he goes, I'll tell you what, I got somebody have to go try to sign at North Carolina State. I'll go there, and I'll come back here afterwards. I said, fine. So he comes back to my apartment. So he comes in, and he's got this standard three-year deal. You know, um, $30,000, $32,000, $34,000, signing bonus. So I didn't really, I was an agent. I didn't know what, you know, good money was. 30000 seemed like a good deal to me. But I said, listen, I got a, I got a car out in the parking lot, but it, it, the brakes don't work. I got to get the brakes fixed. I go, 
$500 can't get the brakes fixed. I, you know, I need more than five. So he calls the Cowboys up, not once, but he calls them up twice. And they got, I got my signing bonus, Daddy, up to $1,250. So I got a, a three-year deal and $1,250 fixed the brakes on my car. I was able to go to, you know, to, uh, you know, to the beach after I graduated for a couple of days with my girlfriend and my friends. So I felt like I got one over on the Cowboys, you know. Yeah. But so, anyways, they signed they signed a hundred free agents. You don't know that, right? They, so you go to camp and they draft fifteen guys, and then they sign a hundred. You got hundred and fifteen free eight, you know, rookies with maybe six spots, you know. And so, I mean, to this day, somehow, Daddy, like I survived everything. It was one of the six rookies to make that team that year, and ended up playing six years with the Cowboys there. Well, that's, you know, uh, commendable and, you know, it's outstanding because, you know, it's uh, – are you in the Long Island Hall of Fame for football yet? No, I didn't know there was one. Well, I mean, that's what I mean, the College Hall of Fame. Yeah, we got uh, to make a push for that. I mean, come on. Already. Like, let's get this out of the, Let's get this podcast out there, Daddy, into the right hands. I know, hands. I know. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, I see some guys that I don't even know who they are that are out there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but anyway uh, – so you know what? Now, now you leave football, and now you're in. Now you left the field, and now you're calling it. So mm-hmm. you know um, you're with Fox, and you do pro games, you do college games, you're doing radio shows. I mean, you're everywhere. So what happened was, I was, I was in my. It was the 1993 season, and Craig James was starting this broadcast school in Dallas, and it was pretty expensive. It was like seven grand. So I was like, eh, I don't know about that. You know, like I, I thought about, you know, broadcasting. I wouldn't really finish with football. But I thought it'd be smart if I started looking at something else, you know. Yeah. And so I got my real estate license. I did, you know, a bunch of things while I was playing. So I had this teammate of mine in Indianapolis, Tom Ramsey, and he was really trying to get me to go to the school. He was a quarterback, and he, he'd been working in the media since he retired as well. So I ended up going. And Craig James got the Magnet Institute out of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, to come and do all the teaching. And so it turned out at the school, me, Mike Golick was in that class. Uh, Merrill Hodge was in that class. Like, there was a lot of guys that were at the end of their careers, and they used that school as a way to kind of start to refine some skills to kind of get them ready. And, you know, Hodge is still at it. Golick is still at it. Yeah. Like, we all kind of see each other, and it all started at that broadcast school. But I knew as soon – as I left, and it was a good week. I mean, they really worked as hard for a week. And I knew when I when I finished the school, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I didn't know how to do it, and I didn't know where the breaks would come, but I knew I had to get started. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I just got started. I mean, going into New York, Nick Games with a little microphone and talking to Patrick Ewing and Derek, you know, a bunch of guys up there going to the Sixer games and doing the same thing. I mean, I, I just started doing it, worked at a local radio station, and you know, and just kind of got started. Now, you're teach. Do you also you have a class, right? Don't you teach a class where guys come in and you? Well, know- we I've, I've been teaching the broadcast at the broadcast boot camp for the NFL. Yeah. Uh, for like the last fifteen years, you know, Nate Burleson is a guy that came to our school, and you know, I mean, there, there's a bunch of guys that have come through there and done really well. You know, I teach a writing class for the NFL, and then we I I, I worked for a communications company, and we used to teach. Uh, on-camera communications to corporations. And we, we taught some athletes as well. Yeah. But we, we did that. And I think by teaching, the you know, the skills of broadcasting, you, you actually learn the skills and reinforce the skills 
yourself while you do it. So this is our make fun of somebody segment right now, being that, you know, not, you know, I didn't go to school. I was just kind of handed to our mutual friend, Brian Kilmeade. Yeah. And, uh, here you go. All of a sudden I got a mic in my face and yeah. I'm talking to people interviewing and everybody's going, big daddy, what are you doing with a mic? You know? And I'm like, uh, I'm here to interview you. <laughs> you know? yeah. And it, it's been a fun ride with all that. And, uh, yeah. and, you know, Brian, I look up to, uh, because he's been so helpful and, and, uh, you know, like you say, you're the only one that gets them. So, uh, he, uh, well, I tell you, you know, you know, you know, Brian lives in Massapequa yeah. from Massapequa was a great soccer player for the high school. And he lives literally like his daughters, and, um, you know, best friends with my brother's daughters. He lives kitty corner from my brother, Massapequa. Yeah. So they've been neighbors for the better part of 20 plus years. But I remember this, I was playing in Dallas and we used to train our summer camp was in thousand Oaks. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Brian was out there like work for Prime Sports or something before he started at Fox, and he uh, he got me coming off the practice field one day about what it was like playing for America's team, and you know I mean I really I knew who Brian was, but I really didn't know Prime and where whatever the interview I was doing where it went, and you know my parents were living out in California at the time, and my mom calls me up that night she goes oh I just saw your interview with Brian Kilme I didn't know he's from Massapequa. That was really good. And I, my, it was really the first time my mother really ever saw me talking on TV. Yeah. And I always thought, like, she got such a kick out of it, you know, and then she got such a kick out of watching all of us play that I really wanted to stay in the media just really so my mom could still see me on TV, yeah. you know. And so she still gets a kick. She just watched me today on NFL Network, you know, do a segment. So, like, she still gets a kick out of it, you know. And it's like, you know, my mom's always been a sports fan her whole life, still is. And um, grew up with it herself in Pittsburgh, and my dad was. So it's been a great way to, for them to kind of still stay in touch and see me on a, a day-to-day basis. So, you know, one of the things that I give you a lot of credit for, and I know some other people do, is that you created your Baldy Breakdowns. And uh, I think that if I was a young, if I was going to take 100 coaches and put them in a, in a room, I would tell each one of those guys, to be watching your show, whether it was daily, weekly, monthly, as many times as you have to watch it because you learn the game from someone that's played the game. And also you, you give a a perspective that most people can't give because they've never done it. So that baldy breakdown thing that you have going on, as I call it, is, yeah. is probably one of the best things that ever happened to football and the young coaches. Yeah, I appreciate that, Daddy. I, I, you know, it, it kind of just, you know, something happened, you know, a couple of years ago, and I just felt like, you know, I used to do this show in L.A. <laughs> it was crazy. I, I used to do this show called The Aftermath, me, yeah. Daniel Jeremiah. Yeah, I but we, we used to do it, but we would, we would start filming at noon. So they wanted like all these tapes for me to get these. I, I, I know how to edit and all this stuff. So they wanted all this film for the show. So I would go into the film room in L.A. I had a film room out there at NFL Network, Daddy. Like, and I'd get in there at 4 o'clock in the morning after working, you know, doing a game the day before. So I literally no sleep. But the games were there. So I'd start watching and Daniel Jeremiah, who lived in Temecula, which was like, an hour away, but with traffic, it'd be three hours away. Yeah. So he would leave his house early to beat the traffic. And we'd sit in there and we'd watch these games. And then we did the show together. So we knew what we were all watching. 
But, you know, we, we'd sit there and we'd go, and we'd, we'd talk to plays out loud. Why a play worked, didn't work, should have worked. You know, a, a great effort play. You know, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And I just felt like the stuff that we were saying in that room is the stuff that, you know, what we say on the air was good, but what we said in the room was better because you could really just talk it out. There was no, yeah. you know, with TV, there's a time element. You got to be in, you got to be quick, got to be perfect. But if you just do a Baldi's breakdown, I've got 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, whatever I need in order to explain something. And the thing that I've always said is that I keep learning the game, Daddy. I, You know, I, you, you're, you're best friends with, you know, with a lot of the guys, Michael Strahan, you know, you, yeah. you hear the game through different people, but I still stay in touch with the game. I do film sessions for the NFL, for the NFL and sit down with the great players in a film room and let them explain the game to us. So, you know, I'm at games every weekend, college and the NFL, and I always hear a new phrase, a new way of doing things, new part of strategy that the game keeps evolving. And I, and I work that in when I hear something new. Yeah. You know, I remember Darrell Rivas telling me one thing about playing quarterback one day. And I never, it's one of those things I never forgot. And I couldn't wait to show it like in a Baldi's breakdown. And so I think people, like, I, 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 I kind of understand network television sometimes. Yeah. But like sometimes I think fans just want football. If we just gave them football instead of all this other stuff, like they'd be entertained because it's an entertaining game. And the more they learn, the more they want to learn. Yeah. And I felt like Baldi's breakdown was a missing piece between what was explained on TV in a short period of time and what was said after a game in an interview. And I'm, I'm just trying to fill in the blanks. Well, I think you've done a great job with that. I, I You know, I, you, you bring on some great guests and, and, you know, you basically sit them down and they break it down for you. And yeah. no one's doing that. Everyone right. copies everybody, but – you got your own thing going on, so I, I think you need to get that patented, and then you know, best bidder come get me, you know, <laughs> because it's really, it's like coaching that's being filmed. If you yeah. think about it, yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting. Like, um, like I remember I'd never met Minka Fitzpatrick before, yeah, and he was, uh, you know, obviously he was traded from the Dolphins to the Steelers last year, and he's probably the, the predominant free safety in football right now. And, you know, he's from Jersey City, Jersey City guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just really, just really a sharp, sharp guy, you know. And he sat down in film sessions with us last year. And, you know, like he was traded on a Tuesday and he started on a Sunday. And I'm like, take me back to that week. What was that like? How do you learn a playbook in five days? Like this is the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive playbook. There must be a million calls. And so he just like walked me through like playing free safety and some of the things that Never changed no matter what team you're on and what the, the defense is. And he just had a really elegant way of explaining the game. And the game became a lot clearer to me after sitting down for an hour and a half with Minka Fitzpatrick. And that's just one example. But really, it could be, it could be anybody. I mean, Devontae Adams, Zadarius Smith, you know, I mean, uh, Carson Wentz. I mean, you know, I've sat down with 55 different players now and coaches in the league. And I, I think that I think I think it's a it's a real show now, and it's something. I mean, COVID is an issue right now, but how we're going to do this this year. But yeah. I, I think it's here to stay, and I think fans really really love it. So, all right, let's get a baldy breakdown. Ready? Okay. Give me uh, give me a breakdown on Tua versus uh, Joe Barrow, 
versus Justin Herbert. Okay. So the three quarterbacks that came out, obviously, you know, the difference between the three immediately is that two is a left-handed. Yeah. We, we haven't had a lot of left-handed quarterbacks. Yeah. Mike Vick, uh, Boomer Sison, Steve Young. I mean, if I, if I said them all, Daddy, you know, uh, there's only been a handful. Lauren, I think, is the only other one I know. There you go. See? Yeah, that's it. So, so, so that, that's, that's part of it. Um, the thing that when you watch Joe Burrow, and it's unfortunate what happened because he yeah, was having nice. a fantastic season, and he's the, the real deal. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting about Joe Burrow was um, he's Mr. Ohio, okay, in basketball and football in Athens, Ohio. He goes to Ohio State and doesn't win the job. He gets humbled early, okay? That always happened to guys that are like five-star recruits. Yeah. But he gets humbled, and he goes to LSU. His first year at LSU, he's okay. They're eight and five. He's okay. You know, they don't win the big games against Alabama, et cetera. But they bring in Joe Brady the next year from the Saints. Yeah. And Joe Brady realizes in within days the strength of Joe Burrow is how fast he can go through a progression. And so what he did at LSU, now they had great talent, true. But what he did with Joe was let's spread the field out. Let's give him five options every play and let Joe figure out where's the best option. And that's what they did in Cincinnati. And that's why he like he can just he really knows what he's looking at and where to go with the ball. Justin Herbert, it's interesting. His first start was against the Chiefs week two. And that's the the game that Terod Taylor, I'm doing the game for national radio, Daddy. Mm -hmm. So we're in the booth. You know, the national anthem has just played. They're getting ready. um, They're getting ready for the national anthem. And then they're going to kick it off. And I see Terod Taylor go into the locker room. So I thought, oh, he must be, you know, he he had a problem with his ribs. So I thought, oh, he must be, you know, getting his rib protector adjusted or something. But he doesn't come out. Justin Herbert starts the game, and he never comes out. And we didn't know that his lung got punctured. So Justin Herbert gets thrown in there right away and takes the, the Chargers right down the field and scores against the Chiefs on the opening, opening drive. And he looks like he's been doing it his whole life. Yeah. And it took two 59-yard field goals by the field goal kick for the Chiefs to beat him that day in overtime. And I said, this guy's like as close to a natural as you can get. I mean, deep ball, athletic, yeah. run the ball, find Keenan Allen anywhere on the field. He could do it during every game. And then, you know, Tua, he's the one that had to sit. I did his first game against the Jets when he came in and mop up duty and completed a couple passes. And you can just see, like, mechanically, he's just really sound. You know, ball mechanics, ball fakes, following through, um, you know, where to step up in the pocket. How to, I mean, he just, you know, he's just been really well coached. And he's a really tough kid, and he's a great athlete. Well, you know, uh, my brother Jimmy, who you know is up in Buffalo, they uh, they just played uh, Justin Herbert, yep. and uh, and he said he goes, man, that guy is talented, and uh, and it's tough for him because you know he Tyrod Taylor's there, and, yep. and my brother and him were very close. My brother used to when I first met Tyrod, I met him down in Florida, and I went up to him. He didn't know who I was, and I said, hey, do you know this guy? And I showed him a picture of my brother. He's like, yeah, how do you know him? I'm like, that guy's a jerk. And he's like, no. He, I go, ah, he's my brother. I go, he's my baby brother. And he started laughing. So my brother and him are very close, and they saw each other this weekend, yeah. obviously. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, my brother misses him a lot, and he, he's a great guy. So uh, now here's another question that came up. Do you think uh, the Browns are winning because of Baker Mayfield or because – Despite Baker Mayfield, how's that? 
Well, I'm going to see Baker this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to Tennessee. I'm doing the, the Cleveland-Tennessee game. Ooh. Two, you know, eight and three teams. Yeah, it's so a real, the real, you know, separation game. Yeah, you, you can't hide your quarterback in this league. Um, like they have a great running game, you know, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I think they have the best offensive line in football. You know, Baker's a benefactor of all of that. They lost their most explosive player, in Odell Beckham Jr., um, which was really unfortunate because they had a lot in for him. But I, you know, Baker's going to. There's going to be five plays in this game, five throws he's going to have to make in his game for the Browns to to be able to win the game. And I'm a big fan of Baker Mayfield. I I was around him. I do Big 12 games on Saturday. I was around him at Texas Tech and at Oklahoma. Yeah. I was a big fan of him be, going number one. You know, in the draft, um, he has he has struggled a little bit at times. He missed some throws last week. Um, he had a great rookie season, fantastic rookie season, set an NFL record, 27 touchdown passes. But he's going to have to do more. Dad, you know, like look, eight and three is a nice record. But if the Browns want to get to the postseason and win the postseason, yeah. they're going to need more from Baker. Yeah. They're not winning despite Baker. Baker's a part of their winning. But he has to play better, and he's going to have to play bigger and bigger games coming up. And that's the next test for him. Yeah, Tennessee, that that uh, atmosphere, it's a shame that there won't be one. But, you know, it's imagine you it could be 80, 90,000 people there. Yeah. That would be like a playoff game, you know, especially with those. Oh, Broadway. Broadway would be cooking. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> the old opera house would be uh, running hard. But, uh, you know, and then uh, what we like to do here on the show is we like to always bring in a funny food segment. You know, obviously – Everyone looks at me as a oh, big daddy food, blah, blah, blah. But what a lot of people, I'm, I've been explaining to a lot of people, believe it or not, I'm down. I'm, I used to be 4X. I'm now a 3. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've dropped uh, 60-something pounds uh, doing cardio every day and, you know, dieting and whatnot, believe it. No Umberto's in the, uh, you know, not, I don't have a three, three times a week Umberto stop anymore. Now it's like a once a month. Yeah, if that, and sometimes I even go down to your neck of the woods. I go to the one that we were at in Massapequa. Yeah, you know, just to, Park Boulevard. Yeah, make it uh, make it difficult to want to go, and uh, and uh, when I go, I just reward myself enough to to uh, get a taste, so to speak. But uh, you know, listen, uh, I'm so excited that you came on with me, and uh, it's great, and to have you on, it's an honor and a privilege, and yes. I'm very humbled, and you know, <laughs> and look, we've done a lot together. I mean, I, yeah, we have. I have to say, you know, for one minute there, I'm dressing you, and then you're coming to my football camp, and uh, and you know, I look forward to doing these things even uh, as we go along further on. Hopefully, once everything gets back to normal, yeah, we'll be able to get. Well, I, I got an awful lot of compliments, Daddy, on our sacks, our team sacks, and sacks Fifth Avenue suits yes. that I've worn for the last four years. Uh, from players down the field, you know, from people at the network, from people watching the network. I mean, that was that was one of the great deals of all time. And, you know, the funniest thing is, as, as happy as I was to get that deal done, it also led to everyone and their mother wanting to jump off work with us. You know, you'd get a, I saw that. Yeah, you'd get a, hey, Daddy, how come? Hook <laughs> me up. Hook me up, man. Why can't I get hooked up? And I'm like, well, listen, you know, I don't own the company. Uh I gave names and those are the ones yeah. I'm going with. So uh, 
but yeah, that well, you know, Bill Wynn and Tom Ott, and uh, I, you know, we can't say enough thank yous to them. No, nope. uh, hopefully, you know, they got this retail czar thing going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. We get we join that thing and uh, we get that thing going because uh, that's the way retail's heading now. Everybody's uh, shopping online instead of. You know, we go in and we get food. I know. And we look at. I mean, stuff. biggest online shopping day ever was Thanksgiving. You know, Black Friday this year. Yeah. You know, most money ever generated. So it's here to stay. So we all have to adjust. Yeah, because now for that, exactly, we have to adjust. And uh, thank God our suits have suits because you know we definitely got plenty of them. So it's, you know, it's. Uh, I got a good rack in the. I got a good rack in the closet, Daddy. Yeah, that's the Good same thing me too. I'm like uh, the dry cleaner hasn't seen me, so I have no uh, no dry cleaning. You still do, but I look Iowa football. Everybody gives me, you know, why are you wearing that? You know, sweatsuit because yeah. one, uh, it's it's what it is. You know, it's what it is. So yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but hey. Let me say, uh, Brian, thanks for coming on. And uh, you got it, Rich. Uh, good luck this weekend yeah. uh, down in Tennessee. If you uh, see my boy's jersey back there, if you want I see Neil O'Donnell's jersey back there. I saw you guys just work together somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So you uh, you might run into him down there. So say hello. I have seen him at the stadium before, you know, yeah. Rich. I don't know if he's still going game days or not. Like I know he lives in Nashville. Yeah, he's uh well, you know what? He's the field turf king now, so that field right. might be his name on it. You know, who knows? Okay. He, every time I talk to him, he's, you know, he did the University of Maryland. He done this one. I try. Well, to, I, I try to get him to school here. <laughs> I I've been to the O'Donnell household back in the day. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. So I I know how all those. I mean, I don't think they still roll the same way. Yeah, but yeah. Those boys like to have a good time. Yeah, exactly. So Madison, New Jersey. Madison, New Jersey, right down the street from uh, what was that? Uh, Dean, I think. Co I forget what college was right in his backyard. Mm. The Giants were actually practicing there for a while. Yeah. Uh, 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 oh, Fairly Dickinson. Fairly Dickinson that's University. What, that's, yeah. yep, that used to be right in his backyard. So, uh, but anyway, until next time on Big Daddy and Friends, you know, Baldy, I'll be coming back at you. I'm sure. And uh, we'd love to have you back on and uh, continued success, my friend. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Big Dad. Appreciate it. I know we'll we'll see each other, you know, down the road here pretty soon. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully we can get through this whole virus season. No, I know. And uh, happy holidays to you and the family, too. Yeah. Right? Thanks, Rich. All right. You got it, Baldy. Thank you so much.